Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation, a program providing help and information for our caregivers who are vital to the health and welfare of so many people in our community. You can hear Caregiver SOS on air Sundays at 6 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernio. She serves as Executive Director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, past chair of the National Council on Aging, and still serves on the NCOA board and you find her from time to time speaking here and around the country about issues involving seniors and aging and caregiving. And in just a moment, we're going to be talking with Kelly Costos, who is the founder of SOS Save Our Seniors, a program that provides, well, some kinds of medical equipment to folks who need it. We'll talk about that in just a little while. You know, scheduling is a problem for a whole lot of folks. And I know some people, Carol, who overschedule. Is it possible less scheduling means more fun? Well, according to the Ohio State, uh, less scheduling does lead to more fun because apparently if we put something on our calendar, we're equating that with work. So the fastest way to take the fun out of something is to schedule it, according to them. So you and I were talking before the show. If I haven't seen somebody in a long time, I want it on the calendar I want to have fun with them, but if I don't get it on the calendar, it's never going to happen. Well, with three kids, we'll never get to ballet, gymnastics, golf, reading, whatever. everything. You never get there. So what I liked was the research method. So in order to make this determination of scheduling takes the fun out of things, they had people imagine, would you rather run into a friend and go get yogurt, or would you rather put it on the calendar? And so the people who imagined running into the friend and eating yogurt had more fun pretending to eat yogurt than the ones who pretended to schedule it and pretend to eat yogurt. Because it was spontaneous. (laughs) Because it was spontaneous. I don't know. The whole imaginary research was kind of making my mind hurt. Um, But when they did an actual experiment with, with a YouTube video, okay, some people get to watch the YouTube video of their choice right now immediate gratification, or others get to schedule it, people who watch their video right now enjoyed it more. Well, of course, because if you're thinking about kittens and you got to wait two days to watch the kittens, what's fun about that? That's a good point. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Anyway, we would thought we, we would share that with you. So busy caregivers, if you're putting everything on a schedule, you're taking the fun out of your lives. Um, imagine yourselves eating ice cream spontaneously, I guess, is the moral of this story. But keep everything else on the schedule keep or you'll never get there. You'll, never, you'll miss the doctor's appointment. There's so that was your alma mater. This was their research. The Ohio State University. The Ohio State. Well, I'll send them a note. Okay. We question their we research. We question their research. Exactly. What else you got going? Well, you know, I was looking at um, two new apps for Medicare. So Care, Caregiver SOS on air, we're all about helping caregivers. And there are two new electronic ways to get more information about Medicare, the single most confusing program in the United States. Next to Medicaid. Next to Medicaid. I don't know. I think Medicare may be worse. So the deal is on Medicare, if you're on regular fee-for-service Medicare, traditional Medicare, you're going to spend, on average, about $4,300 a year in out-of-pocket costs. And so if you want to reduce that, if you want to know, is you know something covered or what's it going to cost, 
two new apps, and this is from Richard Eisenberg, who we've had on the show. He's a financial advisor. Um, there's a, something called the United the United Income Service, and I checked it out before the show. Um, this is a service. It's it's a financial service geared towards Boomer, and you put about spend about five to ten minutes answering questions about your health care preferences and needs, and then the United Income suggests coverage that most is most appropriate. So they look at Medicare from a financial standpoint, right? So these are the these are the three hundred kinds of um, policies that you might want to think about. If you're a retiree of the military, of a union, you might not want Medicare. It's going to tell you that. It's going to tell you about um, your choices. It's in-network. It's out-of-network. It's pre-tax. It's post-tax. So everything comes to you in sort of in a, a frame, a lens of the cost. So that's the United Income Service. What does that have to do with the medical care you need? Well, it's, it is about, it's telling you, it's trying to help reduce your out-of-pocket costs. So it wants you to make Medicare decisions based on costs. Um, then the second one is called the What's Covered app. Ah. What's Covered app. And so if you have Medicare Part A or B, the What's Covered app, which is available at the App Store, it you don't have to be a Medicare beneficiary. It will tell you if something is covered by Part A or Part B Medicare. Does not relate to Medicare Advantage. Isn't going to tell you what's covered under Medicare Advantage. It will tell you if you have traditional fee-for-service Medicare. Is that covered if you use the right word? So Richard Eisenberg, you know, tried to find heart scan. Well, heart scan wasn't a choice. So they do have a glossary of, of words that they use. So if you don't put in the word they want you to search by, it's going to come up as not covered because it didn't recognize it your needs word. some AI. so it's a work in progress yes. but just know that there are organizations and i will just throw this one out um because i am on the board of the national council on the aging i think one of the best benefit tools is benefitscheckup.org benefitscheckup.org and it's going to tell you all the public benefits that, that you might be eligible for or your loved one might be eligible for and Benefits Checkup RX is going to help you find a drug plan if you're in traditional Medicare and you need a drug plan it's going to talk about that so um, there are a variety of online tools the future is online and doing this kind of screening and that's so get news. used to it so get used to it and, and get comfortable with it I guess she's Carol Zerniel I'm Ron on air and this is caregiver sos on air if you just joined us delighted to have you on board and in just a few minutes we'll be talking about sos save our seniors a program designed to help seniors get durable medical equipment that they may need but can't afford we'll talk about that in a couple of moments boy i'll tell you what there is so much information coming out now on alzheimer's disease and so many people are are affected What's well, the latest? Well, this is the latest. So what's exciting is that this week, the 2019 Alzheimer's Association Figures Report is out. I pulled it down. Um, Alzheimer's disease, it's actually dropped a notch. I think it was fifth before. It's the sixth leading cause of death. But get this statistic. Between 2000 and 2017, deaths from heart disease decreased 9%. So they really? went down 9%. Yay. Deaths related to Alzheimer's disease have increased 145%. Wow. So what we know is more people are living longer. We've got all those boomers out there, and more people are getting Alzheimer's. So 
if you talk to people, 82% of us are going to say it's really important to have our memory checked, to have some sort of memory screening as we get older. But only 16% of people say that they've received any kind of memory screening. So this under-diagnosis, this under-checking, and we know that. We work with WellMed Medical Group. We're having internal discussions about memory issues uh, because where in the old days you had to and you probably still need to go to some sort of a neurologist, there aren't enough neurologists to go around. And so that basic memory screening that they're talking about um, you know, we sometimes offer them in our senior centers. They offer them in primary care. But getting your memory checked, if you have a concern or a family member, if you as a caregiver have a concern, is really important. So how do you find a neurologist? Well, I mean, then you've got to get, you need to find one through, probably through your primary care or through your specialty network. But but just, you know, the, the statistics are so disheartening. 5.8 million, almost 6 million Americans currently living with Alzheimer's. That's going to go up to 14 million by 2015. 16 million Americans are caregivers. By 2015? By 2050, 2050. with the height of the boomer population. Um, In 2019, Alzheimer's cost this nation $290 billion. It's going to go to $1.1 trillion when we hit that 2015. And we spend so much money on Alzheimer's that can't go to other things. Um, You know, the deaths, it's more than um, people with prostate cancer or breast cancer combined. Wow. Combined. And look at all the money that gets raised for that. So one of the reasons I'm talking about Alzheimer's today is I will be, um, there's an Alzheimer's Dementia Research Summit at the National Institutes of Health. The Wilma Charitable Foundation is a sponsor of the event. It's coming very soon. Uh, And so hopefully when we get back together in a few weeks, I'll be able to talk to you about some of this latest research. Uh, I think that they only have these every two to three years. And we think it's such an important topic. There's so many caregivers that are dealing with Alzheimer's. It was fascinating because they they had people with Alzheimer's speak. They had caregivers of people with Alzheimer's speak. They had people with front frontotemporal uh, dementia, FTD. They had people with Lewy bodies, which is Neither Robin which we Williams. Want. Yeah, these are terrible diseases, but they had people who actually had those diseases speaking at the summit the last time, which was the first time that, you know, this giving voice to people who have dementia, this idea of living with dementia. And that was where the, the caregiver um, stood up and she said, I'm a breast cancer survivor. And when I got diagnosed with breast cancer, I had my oncologist. I had um, a social worker. I had a support team tell me what was going to happen. This was the surgery. This was the treatment. I had a reconstruction, you know, a breast reconstruction. Here's the plastic surgeon. Here's what that's going to happen. I had a whole team of support. She said, when my husband was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, they said, come back in a year. Wow. No support. No support. No referral. No anything. And I don't think that's unusual. I don't think that's unusual at all uh, in this country to get no suggestions of what to do with Alzheimer's. So if you're one of those caregivers and you didn't get any suggestions, please go to our website at uh, the Wellman Charitable Foundation. Our Caregiver SOS program has resources. Um, We can help connect you with other resources in your area. 
Uh, certainly, if you're in a well-med market in Texas or Florida, we've got folks that can, you know, provide one-on-one caregiver coaching. But our caregiver teleconnection, we'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, you'll want to know about that. So there are programs out there, not just ours, other people, so that you're not going it alone. And I think that's really, really important to know. And those programs are at no cost. And uh, the programs are at no cost. They, you know, the, the the Alzheimer's Association, do they do a great job of raising awareness uh, the money they raise, though, goes for research. They're trying to find a cure. They're trying to find a vaccination. Uh, the rest of us are trying to provide services. So we need both. We need services for the people who are already suffering, and we need that money for research to find the cure or treatment. Stay tuned as we talk more about other issues involving not only seniors and aging, but dementia as well. We'll talk about that a little later in terms of services available through the WellMed Charitable Foundation and CaregiverSOS.org. Up next, we're going to talk with Kelly Costos about durable medical equipment. Say that fast on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. You ever wonder what you can learn from listening to WellMed Radio? Hi, I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Cora Juke, is here, nurse practitioner, what can folks learn from WellMed Radio? You know, we talk about a lot of things such as chronic disease management, how to manage your diabetes, your blood pressure, but we also talk about social issues such as what WellMed offers and what you can do to improve your health and improve your life. And it's something that uh, you're newer to WellMed Radio, and I get a kick out of working with you. What is it you like about doing radio? Well, I like to make sure that my patients are educated, that they know how to take care of themselves, because I only get a brief moment in time to take care of them in the office, and I want to partner with them and make sure they have everything they need at home. Nurse practitioner, Cora Juke, I'm Ron Aaron. You can catch WellMed Radio Sundays at 5 p.m. exclusively on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Be there. Well, we are so pleased you are sticking with us here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and we are welcoming to our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline, Kelly Costos, who is the founder of SOS Save Our Seniors. She's down in the Florida area, and that program is designed to provide durable medical equipment to those who need it. And Kelly, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, how did you discover that uh, there's a need for folks who can't get a hold of durable medical equipment? And, and what are we talking about when we say durable medical equipment? Um, I'm an occ- well, I've been an occupational therapist for over 12 years in the area. And throughout that time, um, I would get seniors back to being able to return home. But they didn't have the means to durable medical equipment, such as a shower chair, wheelchair, ramps. Um, other items like that. So I would purchase them typically out of my own pocket or I would rally together with other therapists to purchase it. And then a couple of years ago, the need just got so great, I decided to start saving our seniors and see where it took me. Well, so does Medicare not pay for shower chairs or any of this equipment that you're mentioning? So Medicare covers three items. They cover a wheelchair, a walker, and a three-in-one commode. But the with Medicare, if it if you say you get rid of it before the five year period, then you're held responsible. And then if the equipment breaks throughout that time that you have it, um, they charge like a fee to come out and purchase uh, to like fix it for you. But unfortunately, a lot of the seniors that we help live on such a fixed income that the price 
to get their walker fixed or their wheelchair fixed, they're unable to um, pay for it, so they go without. So there's tons of medical equipment that is not covered. So I bet that's a surprise for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of, like, health fairs and, and stuff like that, and seniors actually come to my table, and they're like, oh, I don't need you, I have Medicare. And I'm like, no, come back, because they only cover a certain amount of items, and they won't budge on the five years. And a lot of people um, with their weight limits, you know, Medicare has certain restrictions. You have to be over a certain amount to get the wider equipment, and some people just need the wider equipment, so they come through us, too, for that for that reason. Well, and I didn't hear you say of the three items, shower chairs, and that's fairly com- a fairly common item. Yeah, shower chair, and they're, you know, they range from 50 to 250, depending on the type that you need. I mean, if you have a walk-in shower, you can use the regular shower chair, but if you have a tub, then you need a tub transfer bench, and then if you're uh, bariatric, needing the, um, the, the more heavy-duty one, you know, it can range up to $250, and when you're only living on $700, for less a month, you kind of go without and learn how to sponge bathe versus getting you, into the actual shower. Do you have a warehouse where you store this equipment? Yeah, I have a 5,000-square-foot warehouse. Um, you know, I started the nonprofit in my actually in my one-bedroom apartment. So in less than three years, now we're in a 5,000-square-foot warehouse that was donated to us through a home, home agency, and we have all the items um, in there. No, I thought you were going to say that you got a bigger house. I'm glad you got a warehouse donated. (laughs) Well, does that went from my house to like multiple friends' garages to like them being like, "Um, you have to get out. Like you've out, you've over, you sure welcome. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I just prayed, and then finally a company came through and gave me a warehouse space. Very nice. So, do you collect um, then donated equipment that people no longer need? Yeah, so we collect, you know, gently used medical equipment. When I first started it, I would take any type of equipment, but now that um, we've gotten more awareness, we try to just stick with gently used. And then our organization's a little bit different than maybe other DME closets that are out there. We have a no wait list, so if we don't have an item in our inventory, we'll purchase it up to $200 per senior. But that doesn't happen very often because our inventory consists of about 4000 pieces of gently used medical equipment. Now, you mentioned other agencies. Are you beginning to network with some of those? We have in San Antonio, for example, an organization called Project MEND, uh, which uh, does a similar uh, program providing durable medical equipment to those who need it at no cost uh, if they can't afford to pay anything, uh, so that you could network with groups like that and be able to help folks and refer them here. Right. That is correct. And there are other organizations currently just in the Tampa Bay area that kind of offer the same services. Um, but, you know, if, if they if they don't have the item, they don't purchase it like Saving Our Seniors does. Just right. as a therapist, I just understand the importance of having that equipment from day one. Um, and I see a lot of patients now that are leaving hospitals and stuff without their medical equipment. You know, they order it, but they haven't gotten it in two to three weeks. So they're going home and thinking because they could use the walker in the rehab, they're independent. So when they go home, they try to furniture walk and then have a fall. So we're trying to prevent, you know, falls and keeping people at home for the longest period of time. Interesting to hear you mention furniture walk. I had a, a knee replacement surgery uh, almost two years ago now. Uh, I had a walker, took it home with me, but it, it often <laughs> was in another room. I don't know how I left it there. And I got pretty good at furniture walking, but, but it is hazardous. 
It is. You know, I think, you know, sometimes the couch isn't quite close enough, so you reach further, and then you don't have the stability in your lower extremity. You've been in or my house. Or you having a knee replacement, <laughs> you can, your knee can go out and fall over. That's true, and uh, folks don't realize that. The, the other one is uh, canes, which can be very helpful for folks when they transition from a walker. Yes, that is true. Well, do people know how to use canes? Because you're an occupational therapist. You know, I am I mean, curious I, about the height of canes. I see people, and I'm looking at them in the cane, I'm thinking, mm, that one's at really the right height. You know, is that something? How do people know how to walk with a cane or what height it should be? So the so to walk with a cane, you walk with the opposite foot to the cane. Um, I personally hate canes. I, I don't have the coordination myself to teach my patients. So I'm always like, no, we're just going to go from a walker to no, no equipment. By the um, way, if you've just joined us, we're talking with a young woman, a physical therapist who started an incredible nonprofit organization. Kelly Costos is her name. The organization is Saving Our Seniors, which provides durable medical equipment for those who have limited or no funds. And Kelly started it because she saw exactly how people were struggling to get that equipment for themselves. Right, and we, and we were talking about um, it's not an intuitive process to know how to use a cane, and I've even seen actors in the movies using the wrong hand with the cane. So they, you just said cane is an opposite side, and they're using it with the same side. Yeah, they like they a crutch. That. And then that, you know, you'll overstep and have a fall at that point. And then where you want to keep the height is where your wrist meets. That's where you keep the height of the cane. Well, having so been, a lot of people keep them keep them higher because they think, you know, that they need need to be standing up straighter. But if you have it the right height where your wrist um, hits your side of your leg, that's where you want the height of the cane. Yeah, and a lot of times you do see them. They're not wrist level. They're like a ch- no mid chest. And no one teaches yeah. you how to use them unless you ask. Yeah, and I, I just I don't really love canes. I've never. That's what I mean, you said. I, I personally am terrible myself at them, so I can't imagine teaching somebody else how to use them. Huh. Well, um, so you mentioned we got canes, we got wheelchairs. Um, is there a trend? I know you don't like canes, but um, I, I've read somewhere that people are using those walking sticks, like athletes use to go, you know, speed walking or mountain trail walking. Um, do you get donated? Are you getting any equipment that's more athletic looking? Is that something that's you know that kind of gets rid of the stigma of DME of durable medical equipment? You know, we actually haven't gotten any of those, but I do see those more popular, especially when at the skill at the assisted living, they go out with their walking sticks instead of their walkers and their canes, and they do like uh, laps around their assisted living. Well, it's they becoming make, like one of their it's becoming one of their activities now. You, you can buy canes that are decorated now. They don't all look like grandpa's cane. They have them in uh, star spangled banner colors. They have them. Uh, in stripes and polka dots and oh, orange. But, and but walking po- sticks, those poles like, you know, you use right. for speed walking, those kinds of things, those come in all kinds of colors and they look cool. I yeah. know, you know, I actually had a four-wheel walker donated yesterday. I already gave it off to somebody, but it was like bright pink. I'm like, wow, I haven't seen something. You know, they're usually blue and red, uh, typically what four-wheel walkers look like. So they are starting to make DME just a little bit hipper. Well, and, um, and and is does HIPPER, do you think that helps encourage people to use the DME? Is that a problem that people do feel like, oh, I look like the little old lady, little old man because I'm using a walker or a cane and they fight against it and end up falling because they don't want to use the equipment? 
Yeah, I see that a lot in my, you know, in my personal career. I'm always like, you know, if you could use that walker just for a, a little bit of time, I'm like, you've fallen this time and it was okay, but your next time could be even worse. I was like, would you rather just have a little bit of your time, you know, relying on a different piece of equipment than having it long term? And, you know, they always laugh at me and then say, okay, fine. But, it's you know, they, they just don't want to have to rely on somebody else or a piece of equipment. And that's what I see with the five-year rule a lot. My seniors, like, get rid of it once they no longer need it. And I'm always like, you need to keep this equipment. You can't get a new one for five years. And typically they fall within, you know, six to eight months of having their first fall. And they need their walker it's- back. Yeah, they, I mean, they just get really confident. You know, they, they're like, oh, well, I don't need it anymore. I'm fine. And then they get more confident, more confident, and not following, you know, the rules that they were given when they broke their hip or had a knee replacement or something like that. And they just forget that they need to take their time and, you know, just take that extra time will last a lot longer than keeping them with the right equipment. I mean, it does keep them out of the hospital. And I've seen a lot of people... We get the equipment for them, and they can stay at home versus having to transition to, like, an assisted living. Way better. So do you have a website for folks who want to uh, get involved, maybe donate money, maybe donate equipment, or ask you for help? Yeah, it's savingourseniors.care. Dot care. Cool. Yeah. Oh, cool, and a cool website to go with the cool equipment. Well, thank you so much thank for the you. work that you're doing to keep people safe and functioning and at home. Catacostos, thank thanks. You, so you have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Castos and uh, Saving Our Seniors. I want to talk a bit about, uh, in a moment, Carol, because we don't spend a lot of time on it, uh, on the Caregiver Teleconnection program, which is growing leaps and bounds, has incredible topics. I keep circling them, uh, circling them and saying, we need to talk about this on Caregiver SOS On Air. We do, so let's do that as soon as we get back. I like that. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air with Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel on 930 AM, The Answer. We're rocking and rolling right here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And that was interesting information about durable equipment, durable medical equipment. And we want to remind you that here in San Antonio and uh, South Texas, you can find help from several organizations providing durable medical equipment. Just Google it, and they will pop up. Carol, the Caregiver Teleconnection has been underway now for several years. I remember... When it was launched, you went up to Canada, met with folks who were doing it there, uh, and you came back and did it on a trial basis, and it has grown exponentially. It has. You know, we've almost been – we started 10 years ago. I think we've been in business nine years, and when we started out – um, we probably had, you know, five, six, maybe 10 people on the phone. And now we regularly have about 45 people on the phone. I know our friend Dr. Jamie from Take 10 with Dr. Jamie, uh, he did a session in January and there were 82 people on the phone. But we don't want that to scare you. So let me just talk a little bit about what the caregiver, yeah, what it is. What it is. Um, the caregiver teleconnection is a free telephone support and education program. So the great thing is it doesn't cost you anything. And if you have a phone, you're ready to go. Uh, 
we have a calendar of events, and what it does is we have an expert like a Dr. Jamie, the car key conversation. He's a psychotherapist to tell you how do you have that conversation. We'll have how do you a take lawyer. The keys? How do you take you know how do you take the keys away? We'll have a, a um, an elder care lawyer that's an expert with elder law we'll have um you know a social worker we'll have a physician we'll have a a dementia expert to talk about those really difficult behaviors so we find a national expert on a subject and then you call in it's a teleconference it's you know it's we call it it's got a fancy name caregiver teleconnection and for folks who don't know you just dial the phone number and you're in you dial the phone we we you do need to register so go to our new website we have a brand new website which i would love for you to see at um caregiver teleconnection.org or caregiversos.org, which other is easier to remember. Uh, and you sign up to become a member. That's free. And then you can look through the sessions. Uh, and you pick any session you want, uh, and you can go ahead and sign up for that, get registered, and then you just call. So the beauty of that is that we have live sessions. Um, you don't have to go anywhere. You can Hair can be sick and straight up. You can be in your pajamas. You can be eating a fudsicle. It doesn't matter. It's a phone. No one can see you. And you're going to have a national expert. You're going to hear other caregivers. And you can ask questions. You're going to get information. But you also get to ask that question. I mean, what if you don't have access to an elder law attorney? Most people don't. This is your opportunity to do that. Or let's say... You have the tip. You know exactly when somebody asks you for the 1,000th time, I want to go home, I want to go home. You know the answer to that. You can say, this is what worked for my loved one. Um, And, you know, all kinds of questions come up. You're anonymous. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody can see you. You have the expert. You have the other caregivers. It's very participatory. But the other beauty of the program is is if you can't get on the phone at that particular hour, no, you don't get to participate and ask the questions. But we record the sessions and we archive them on our website so that you can go back and at your leisure, let's say, you know, you need to you have to wait till your loved one finally stops wandering around the house and goes to bed, and you've got a little few minutes to kill at night. And then go ahead, tune into Caregiver Teleconnection, pick a session that you want to listen to, um, and you're ready to go. So, uh, if you, I'm looking at the calendar on our new app with these beautiful pictures, which cool. I, yes, which are nice. So. For LGBT caregivers, that's not a subject that uh, you know has gotten a lot of attention. And our friend Lucy, who helped us start the teleconnection, just ask Lucy and Doctor Scalar uh, in Florida. They're working with LGBT caregiving sessions. Um, we've got one on grief, the role that grief plays, and we know that you can grieve the loss of a loved one while they're still alive, the loss of the functioning, the loss of the things you used to do together. We have one on effective communication strategies. Um, So you can look at all those. You know, I mentioned we record them. I mentioned really good experts. If you missed Carol Birch talking about elder law, she did a session for us in January. Go online and check out Legal Issues for Caregivers with Carol Birch. Listen to her session, um, and you're going to get a lot of information. Uh, We've got one on caring for the visually impaired uh, with Nancy Gawalik. And I pronounce Nancy if I'm always messing up your name. Uh, Home care services, you know, what's provided and not provided in the home. So we've got everything available. It's all online to sign up and get signed up. But let's say... You don't want to go online. You're not comfortable with online. 
Well, guess what? We have a customer service number. We have a live person, and her name is Minerva. And she's going to be able to help register you for any of the sessions, get you signed up as a member. She's going to mail you a calendar. Um, and so you're going to be able to register for that. So the number to call and yes. register free, 866-390-6491. I heard two guys playing the guitar with a jingle and a phone number yesterday, you know, like that cars for kids thing that sticks in your head. 1-800-CARS-FOR-KIDS. We don't, we don't have one of those, but kids. we need one, right? So it's 866-JINGLE-JINGLE-390-6491. Um, call that number, get information about the teleconnection, get signed up. We can send you the calendars. We can send you a newsletter, and everything's free. We'll get Roland Ruiz, our technical director, on that. He's a songwriter and performer. So, Roland, we need 866-390-6491 in a catchy little jingle, and we'd like it ASAP. There we go. Now, if you've just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel, our co-host, and we're talking about the Caregiver Teleconnection and Services Provided by Caregiver SOS and go to the new website, caregiversos.org, and you will see a, a flashy new website. A flashy new website. Um, you know, the other person that you're going to want to research, you're going to want to sign up for her sessions and as well as listen to the other podcasts is um, our friend Lucy Berrylack from Canada. She does uh, uh, Dear Lucy and she will answer any question you have. Just try to stump her. Uh, no, that burning question that you've been embarrassed to ask, that you meant to ask, that your doctor didn't give you a good answer to, that you just don't know the answer to. She'll answer it. She will answer that. You can send in your question in advance, or you can just get on the phone and ask her. Uh, we have gotten gun questions, car key questions, uh, toileting questions. You know, she has, you know, is a font of information. She's, Nothing too intimate or personal. Well, that you know, that's it. It's, we all have to deal with these things, right? The bathing, the dressing, the toileting. Um, these are things that we deal with as caregivers. All and the so time. where do you get to ask those questions? You know, on Dear Lucy, that's the perfect place to do it. How she do with lottery numbers? You know, lottery numbers, I think if she was better with lottery numbers, she might not be doing Dear Lucy. I hate uh, to say that. But I believe She that. might. Actually, I think Lucy... Lucy would win the lottery and still do Dear Lucy. Now, the service is available nationwide. It's nationwide. It's in every time zone. Um, you know, some of us are challenged with the different time zone conversions. But the nice thing is, is that we've got a facilitator and the expert on the phone. So, you know, it's a very safe telephone environment. If someone's dog, trust me, anything that could have happened has happened. If dogs are barking, toilets flushing, somebody's talking to their kids or their relatives, yelling, um, using bad language, monopolizing the phone, we have the ability to cut those sounds out. So it's a very safe environment. Somebody is there on the phone live while it's happening, making sure that you have a good telephone experience. Well, I'm blushing because uh, here I am an experienced broadcaster, and I was on a conference call with Carol Zerniel and the uh, staff, a monthly conference call, and I had forgotten to mute and I turned, my wife was leaving the house. I said, I love you. And everybody sitting there said, we love you too. <laughs> That's right. The whole, yeah, there's only about 22 people in the room right. that all got to enjoy right. your goodbye to your wife. Well, at least it was spontaneous and much better than 
Glad you're leaving. Yeah, or the, or actually the big flush. Oh. I've been on a during one of the hurricanes. We had um, a conference call to talk about emergency services, and there was a big flush right there in the middle of the conference call. Wow! So you know, the, only the person that's running the conference call can tell who, what phone number that came from. That's right. And funny. Every, nobody else is going to uh, confess. I'd want to know to make a toilet because most toilets don't really flush well. Well, you know that that there's still that distinctive sound. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's so, true. So, yeah. the, so the caregiver teleconnection, um, you know, it's just a great, easy tool available to anyone in the country. And if you know some other caregiver, go tell them. Pull down the calendar. Hand it to them. If you know somebody that needs the service, just go, pull, print a calendar, hand it out to them um, so that they can find out about the service, too. I the run, more, the merrier. You know, I literally run into people every single day who are caregivers don't realize that they're caregivers and don't know there's help available. Well, they don't. And, you know, then the last thing I'll mention on, on the teleconnection is that we do have Spanish sessions. So if you know somebody that's more comfortable or monolingual Spanish, uh, Dr. Nestor Predario, who is, we were we were talking earlier about um, geriatric psychiatrists and neurologists. He's a geriatric psychiatrist. There are so few in the United States and at all. one of the most unusual men in the He's world. He's the amazing man in the world. That's yeah. what we call Dr. Padero. He is an amazing man, and he is such an expert on dealing with dementia, um, geriatric psychiatry, and he's been helping us with some of the sessions in Spanish, which is fabulous. We also have some other staff. So Spanish and English, free, any time of day, participate live. Does this sound pretty easy? Now, we got a few minutes left. Talk to us a little bit about caring for caregivers and help they can get through Caregiver SOS? Well, Caregiver SOS, we, you know, we are physically located in markets where WellMed Medical Management has clinics. So in Texas, we're in San Antonio, Corpus Christi, Austin, the Lower Rio Grande Valley, El Paso, DFW, um, and then throughout and Houston coming. In, 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 hopefully one of these days we're going to be in Houston uh, and then all over the major cities in Florida. Uh, but our website, uh, the new website You've got access to, we've got a resource page of, of great, res, you know, other resources besides us. We've got the teleconnection. We've got maps where you can um, look up our stress-busting program and find a place to take a stress-busting class, which is a stress self-management. It's an, a nine-week in-class course. We're working on an online course we hope to have. Uh, but you learn stress management techniques. So you learn deep breathing, aromatherapy, um, journaling, yoga, meditation. You know, maybe you don't want to meditate. You know, maybe journaling's for you. Uh, maybe just sitting in deep breathing. Maybe picturing that special, quiet vacation spot for you is the place that you want to go in your mind when you're stressed out. So we teach how to the dangers of stress, how to reduce stress, um, and that's available all over the country. But, you know, if you're anywhere and you just wanted to call and, and, and get hooked up with resources in your area, we can get you the information that will help you find the caregiver program. What a lot of people don't realize is that the National Family Caregiver Support Program is a program available through area agencies on aging nationwide. Um, and they, they, the website, I think, just changed. It was eldercare.gov. I believe it will tell right. you the new site, eldercare.gov. And if you plug that in, it will take you to your local agency, your area agency on aging, so that you're connected with your local people who have local 
caregiver support resources. So there's really no reason to go this road alone. Um, we're happy to tell you if you, you want to call and, and get this information again, be happy to give it to you, connect you with your local area agency on aging or family support program. Um, it's just so important to get the help. And for those who want to sign up, they can do it online. They can or do, again, what's that phone number? That that great phone number, which my phone has just locked. 866-390-6491. Coming to you with a jingle soon uh, that goes with it. He's uh, already working on it. I, I can I see can that. Tell. Yeah, He's going to get three instruments out, Roland, he's, over here. Yeah, deep in thought. He, he's deep in thought and practicing the instruments. Well, thank you. That was fascinating. Up next, guess what? Take 10 with Dr. Jamie. I'm Ron Aaron along with Carol Zerniel. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. You ever wonder what you can learn from listening to WellMed Radio? Hi, I'm Ron Aaron. Our co-host, Cora Juke, is here, nurse practitioner. What can folks learn from WellMed Radio? You know, we talk about a lot of things such as chronic disease management, how to manage your diabetes, your blood pressure, but we also talk about social issues such as what WellMed offers and what you can do to improve your health and improve your life. And it's something that uh, you're newer to WellMed Radio, and I get a kick out of working with you. What is it you like about doing radio? Well, I like to make sure that my patients are educated, that they know how to take care of themselves, because I only get a brief moment in time to take care of them in the office, and I want to partner with them and make sure they have everything they need at home. Nurse practitioner, Cora Juke, I'm Ron Aaron. You can catch WellMed Radio Sundays at 5 p.m. exclusively on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Be there. at the end of every one of our Caregiver SOS On Air programs, we bring you Take 10, where Dr. Jamie Heisman joins us on our Caregiver SOS On Air hotline, a nationally known psychotherapist and expert in addictions and in caregiving. Carol Zerniel is here as well. I'm Ron Aaron. We talk about interesting hot topics that caregivers uh, givers and others struggle with. And I was mentioning off the air to Jamie, and I'll just repeat it for our listening audience. Uh, I ran into a friend of mine who's a therapist over the weekend. We were talking about her practice and what's going on. And she knows I do a couple of radio shows in the senior medical field. And she said she's got an interesting challenge with one of her patients who is a woman caregiving for her husband, and her husband has dementia. And she started dating. And husband doesn't know because he doesn't know anything. So the husband is still alive. He's still alive. And she has started dating yes. some, okay. Another guy. Another guy. Another guy. Right. And... She's happy with that. She thinks it's okay, but now she's feeling terribly guilty, the woman is. And she doesn't know, should she do it? Should she stop? She can't tell her husband, or she could, but he wouldn't know. So, Dr. Jamie, you're the expert. Well, you know, I'm an expert maybe only on the things that my schools have taught me and I took tests for. How's that? I like that. So, being an expert around this particular issue is is really a conundrum. I think we all can be experts here because, I mean, let's face it, as a caregiving spouse for somebody with uh, late stage Alzheimer's, I mean, there's a, and any stage Alzheimer's often, there's a terrible loneliness felt in all aspects of the relationship, and um, this issue of what's moral and what's ethical around the caregiver, and them starting to seek a new relationship. Um, it's, it's a little bit up in the air. I mean, if you ask somebody who's quite religious, 
you know, they're going to say till till death do us part, no matter what. And they're going to say that God thinks this or God thinks that. And you made vows around that and around this. And they live in a real restricted sort of uh, world that's, uh, you know, non-secular and, and very much prescribed for them. That is not all of us, of course. And so my feeling is that um, I think relationships work, um, oddly enough, uh, with mutual consent. But in this particular case, uh, I, I think that we can't judge. There's, I can't judge, you can't judge, neither can somebody in the church judge. It's a very personal issue. How is she feeling about it, Ron? Uh, well, she's happy to finally have a relationship. She was, as you describe, alone and lonely. And uh, I've got a neighbor, for example, whose wife uh, has had dementia now. She's uh, in a memory care unit. He goes to see her every day, but she doesn't know him. She doesn't recognize him. She doesn't know anything about uh, his current life. And he's depressed about it. And that's such a, I mean, I think what you said, Jamie, in terms of passing judgment, you know, it's it's really, really important um and and that's a tough decision you know you when you think about alzheimer's you can think about the average average time a person has alzheimer's is 10 years and so think about a decade of your life where somebody doesn't know you you know and it can go on for 20 years but somebody doesn't know you um and you you really ha- don't have that emotional outlet or emotional support uh, and I know that from my, my own father and, and he wouldn't have he would not have agreed with me uh, when my you know my mother having Alzheimer's but it was lonely for him and I don't I personally would not have had a problem um, if he had decided that there was somebody that could help make him happy and help get him through this uh, period but I know that that's very troubling for for other people. Uh, and so I, I understand those that, you know, the vows, and, and, and that's really important, and, and they may need to wait. And I think that's important, too. Like, you wouldn't want to put pressure on somebody. Oh, come on, they don't know you anymore. Get out. You know, have some fun. If somebody's not comfortable with that, that's just as bad uh, to to expect somebody to move on when they're not ready to move on. But my feeling, Jamie, my, my feeling yeah. is that uh, – there's going to be more and more of this as the baby boomers boomers start filling those later years, and many will have Alzheimer's. Well, without a doubt, Ron. And, and so I try to take it from another angle. I mean, you know, you, as we say as therapists, you can only start where the patient is at, not where you think they should be at. So I know this is challenging for the audience, but not that challenging necessarily for me because, you know, I see at this age, I'm 64 years old, but I, I do see my memory is not quite like it, it used to be uh, quite there. I mean, you know, we've lost a lot. I look at my 7-year-old daughter. She holds a huge amount. Uh, I, I also see my 91-year-old father who mem- remembers everything. So we're all different. But I believe one angle that's not really considered that we should think about is what if we were the ones becoming demented beyond any recognition and connection with the outside world? And would would I sentence, let's say, now these are sentence, my loved one, my fam, my wife, uh, uh, the person who's loved me for years, 40, 30 years, and been faithful to me, would I, would I say to them that if I'm, if I'm beyond your reach and not in your care, um, please go find human connection. I mean, that to me would be what I probably would say. I, I hope this will alleviate a little bit of her guilt because... It's so relative, and so many people would say different things. But if I'm not there any longer, and um, and I am there, 
and we've had this faithful, wonderful relationship, I wouldn't want to sentence my loved one either to this internal loneliness. I would want them to, to feel connected. They don't need to be punished and have penance. In fact, they should be celebrated for for being my caregiver. He's Dr. Jamie Heisman. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. You're listening to Take 10, which follows each and every one of our Caregiver SOS on-air programs on 930 AM, The Answer. And we're talking about what is uh, perhaps more and more a real-life situation, a caregiver caring for someone, uh, a loved one, a spouse who has dementia, who begins to date others. Well, and and Jamie, what I heard you say is we can add that to our list of conversations that we need to have sooner rather than later. So, you know, those decisions about life-saving treatments, those decisions about, you know, powers of attorney and who's going to be in charge of the will and... Um, and, and then if I get Alzheimer's, what's happened? So I've told my family, please put me in a facility. Do not yes. try to keep me at home, you know, after I don't know who you are. That's just ridiculous. I'm, for me, it's ridiculous. Right. It may not be ridiculous for somebody else. I don't want them to spend their days taking care of me. Um, and so I, I do say that. I guess I have to get permission my husband to go date um, because yeah. I would be I would be okay with that. Yeah, I, I would too. And I remember when we shot a video uh, years and years ago at Lisa Gibbons Memory Foundation, and when Lisa was, had put her mother into a skilled nursing facility, I remember her mother, uh, you know, barely before she was in that total late stage, saying, "You know, if if my kids, if you don't know my name, if, if, as I don't know your name, forgive me, if, if I have absolutely no clue, you know, it's entirely up to you. But I would ask you, you don't have to visit me. You should go off. And, this is what she said. You should go off and live your life." To your point, Carol, which I think is the excellent point and takeaway here, these are conversations. I know they're challenging and tough to have, but they are conversations to have. I had a patient, I'll be very brief with this, whose spouse was 25 years younger than he was. And she kept saying, well, who's going to be around when I'm there, when I'm older? And the spouse looked at him in, in couples therapy, her in couples therapy and said, I just hope you're getting married and you love somebody and you're, you're headed on. I'll be up there watching with a big smile on my face. Which is great because then she gets that permission, sure. you know, uh, to do that, and that can relieve a lot of right. guilt later on. Of course, someone could react in another way and say, "What? You've already got somebody lined up. What's going on here?" Right. Well, and you know, I, I had a friend recently who um, her husband did pass away, uh, and she had been a caregiver twenty four seven for a number of years, and and it's been about two years. But somebody was expecting her to be like, why aren't you dating? What's wrong with you? Why aren't you dating? But for her, it was too soon. So this whole idea of when is the right time to have a relationship is is really personal. Um, but, you know, having those discussions with family members in terms of expectations, you know, I'd be the last person to say, never put me in the home. And I'd be the last person to say, I, yeah, I'm going to sentence you, Jamie, using your words, to a life alone caring for me. I just don't think that's necessary. Well, I, I like, Dr. Jamie, the answer is there's no answer. It's whatever it's, it's works. Relative. relative, yes. Yes. Uh, couples define who they are and, and what their relationship looks like. And to Carol's point, if, if it's discussed earlier, it's even better. But I have seen couples work in the most, you know, ways that they're hostile, but this is the way they interact. I've seen them work in ways that are nice and sweet. 
And I really believe this is a relative issue. And the best takeaway from here is have this discussion early. And I bet you'll be surprised about your loving partner and what they'll actually say. All right. Stay tuned. Hey, thank you, Dr. Jamie. Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to Take 10 on Caregiver SOS On Air, right here on 930 AM, The Answer. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. Presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation. Email suggestions and comments on this radio program to radio at wellmed.net. And join your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zerniel, for another edition of Caregiver SOS On Air on 930 AM, The Answer.